live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the pods, moving, and storage studio, it's The Ramsey Show, where we help you get control of your money, get ahead in your career, and get on the path to living well. I'm George Camel, joined today by my good friend, Ken Coleman, and we are excited to take your call about life, money, career, toxic bosses, you name it, we are here to help. The phone number is 888-825-5225. Now, if you noticed there in the intro, Ken, you heard something a little different, didn't you? Yeah, we got a new studio spot. Broadcasting from the Pods Moving and Storage Studio. We are super excited to pump and pump to partner with those folks. Good people over at Pods Moving and Storage. If you don't know, um, they are the industry leader in this space. And a lot of people are moving out there. 23 million people moving each year in the U.S. And one in five Ramsey listeners told us they plan to move in the next year. Wow. And Pods has uh, been trusted with six million moves now. And we're always looking to partner with trusted companies. And their leadership team is incredible. We've been working with them for months and months and months. And uh, they, uh, we have the honor of having now the Pods moving in storage studio. So make sure you check them out if you are in the uh, in that space where you're going, all right, I'm making a move this year. We know there's been a big migration a lot of Californians have moved to Tennessee and all over the place. Yeah. And uh, moving can be a difficult thing. And Pods makes it easy. I love the flexibility you have having the, the Pods container right there as long as you need it. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm going to give a little extra, a little free uh, advice today Uh-oh. to start the show. If Isn't it you, all free? It is. Thank you for pointing that out, George. Uh, I, I'm going to give some moving advice uh, that is in addition to our good friends at Pods. Um, if you were one of the 23 million people uh, don't ask your friends for help. Oh, I'm I feel big on like this. there's a boundary here where, Slow like, clap. I think in college is the last time you can ask a friend to help you move. Once you're a grown adult, uh, don't ask your friends. Don't promise pizza, beer, whatever. You're, you're, you're. Don't do it. Don't ask your friends for help. Especially they don't, as you get they older, they don't want to help. Some will say yes because they don't know how to say no. Uh, others like me will make up an excuse uh, as to why I can't help you. So just just avoid the tension altogether. Ken would fake a root canal just to get out of helping you move. I wouldn't put it past me. Well, the reason I don't work out, and the only reason, is that no one asks me to move when I'm just a little lanky fella. Oh, that's your reason for not working out? I even have offered, and they go, they look at me (laughs) up and down, they go, nah, I'm good. I'm good. True story. Last time I asked friends to help Stacy and I move, uh, it was in the Atlanta area, and one of my friends showed up, true story, with one of those old school leather weight belts. (laughs) to support his back like that was gonna help you gotta watch out for the back these days ken you gotta protect the back well you're the kind of guy that i would call if i needed like a gluten-free snack and a latte as i was moving james is on it james is snapping back already he's right though we don't call you to help with the couch the cushion's bigger than we haven't gotten to a single call you for snacks not a single call has been taken and it's already become the roast of George Campbell, guys. No, Come we on. love you, George. This is a true Friday All show. Right, let's help Greg out. All right, Greg joins us up first in Fort Collins, Colorado. Greg, welcome to the show. Hello, fellas. Thank you very much for taking the call. It's an honor to speak with you guys today. We're honored to take the call. How's it going? Oh, not too bad. I've been a long-time listener. My, uh, myself and my new wife have been married uh, since February, and... I converted her over to the Dave Ramsey plan. I've been uh, uh, on the program uh, ten plus years. On bait, we're both on baby step three, saving our uh, our uh, uh, down payment for. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, our emergency fund. Next step is down payment for a house. But I'm calling today because uh, I came in with a little bit of baggage of. Essentially, I had over 27 lines of credit 
that uh, thanks to you guys over the past couple of years, I've paid everything off. There's no open uh, accounts. I go on my credit uh, report. All of my lines of uh, credit are closed. But I went from having an excellent credit score to it's been slowly trickling down one or two points per month. Uh, over the past, the last uh, line of credit was closed in 2020. Um, and when I called both TransUnion and Equifax today and, you know, used the, the Ramsey curse word, they act as though this policy of paying off your, your, uh, your debts and closing your accounts, they're essentially, my credit score is not even going to go to zero. And what they're telling me is, the only way that it goes to zero is if there are negative reports on uh, on your account. So I don't have any derogatory pay or issues. All of my payments were uh, paid off in full. And I guess um, I mean I'm we're almost at the point of I'm about to make a contradiction and start opening up lines of credit. No, just to get my just to be able to afford it, or not be able to afford, but be able to apply for a uh, for a loan. So I guess my question is. What do I do when I went from an 850, or I'm sorry, a high 800 credit score to sitting at 600, and they're telling me that my credit score isn't going to disappear? Well, they're in the business of keeping you in debt, number one. So not the most trustworthy folks to ask about your credit score. Um, now, when you say going to zero, that is true. Your credit score will not go to zero. I mean, when you look at the FICO score, the lowest you could go is 300. And when we say we want a zero credit score, what we really mean is we want it to disappear. We want it to become indeterminable. So, no, I don't think your credit score is going to go from 600 to 500 to 300 and then maybe hopefully go away. What will happen, how long have you, uh, what's the last account that was closed? How long ago was that? Uh, like July 2020. That was the final, you closed that line, all payments were made? Correct. Okay, and you've contacted every single one of the lenders, the trade lines you had open, and said, hey, I want to verify that these accounts are closed. Yep, um, uh, TransUnion Equifax also clarified that everything was closed on their end, so uh, I haven't seen any, um, any, any debt collector showing up at my door, so that's the confusing part. Well, I mean, for sure you're debt-free. I'm not saying that you still have open debt sitting out there, uh, but normally it takes about 6 to 18 months for that credit score to become indeterminable. So that if you pulled, you tried to pull your credit score, it would say no history found. And so I don't know if it's just okay. because you had so many lines of credit that it could be taking longer, but you're saying July 2020, so we're sitting here at uh, two years now, and you're saying it still hasn't disappeared. Correct. And those were student loans, house, uh, car, handful of credit cards. Yeah. So all of my lines of credit, everything is uh, the, the car and the student, uh, I'm sorry, the car and the house were the last two things and everything was closed off in like 2018. So they, there were no, there weren't even any credit cards open at that point. So you're saying the last thing that you, the very last thing you closed was July, 2020. And since then there's been no open Correct. lines. Well, I mean, you Correct. can. I would. I would keep going with the baby steps. Save the emergency fund. It's going to take a while to save up that that down payment, and I can't imagine that it could be much longer until the score just drops off. And so I would continue checking every few months with those credit bureaus uh, to see if that drops off. You can contact Churchill Mortgage and ask them what this process looks like when you are ready, and say, Hey, what is? What do I need to do in order to do manual underwriting? Because that's your true question, right? You want to get into a home without a credit score, right? Well, I can right. tell you for sure it can't be done. I've done it myself, and it didn't kill me. I'm here to tell the tale that I survived, Ken, and I'm proud to say it. 
So stay the course. I wish I could help you figure out what's going on with all these credit lines, but pull all your credit reports and you double check them to make sure they're all officially closed, zero balances, everything. And hopefully within six months, uh, you're continuing on in the baby steps and we have an indeterminable credit score. Check out episode seven of The Fine Print where we talk about the dirty truth behind your credit score if you want more info on that. Appreciate the call. This is The Ramsey Show. Thank you. Did you know, statistically, when it comes to life insurance and protecting your family, that women are more likely to be uninsured or underinsured than men? This doesn't make any sense. Women make up half the workforce, contribute mightily to family incomes, and in many cases are the breadwinners and take care of their families 24 hours a day. This is one of the most overlooked areas when it comes to financial planning. Maybe it's a relic of the past, but a loss of income or the need to replace family care is equally important for women as it is for men. Single moms, working moms, and stay-at-home moms all need term life insurance. Rates are actually lower for women, which is why I send you to Xander Insurance. They shop the top term life companies to find the lowest rates available. You can compare rates online at Xander.com or call 800-356-4282. This is something every family has to deal with. That's Xander.com or 800-356-4282. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. I'm Ramsey personality George Camel, host of The Fine Print and Entree Leadership Podcast, joined today by Ken Coleman, host of the aptly named Ken Coleman Show. And we are taking your calls about life, money, career, you name it. The number to call is 888-825-5225. Andy joins us up next in Wyoming. Andy, welcome to The Ramsey Show. Hi, dude. How you doing, gentlemen? Doing great. How can we help? Um, yes, sir. Uh I found Dave's uh, program oh, about four or five months ago, and um, I'm considering popping the question and asking my girlfriend to marry me, and uh, I just want to know um, more or less your teachings or your thoughts on when a prenup is uh, appropriate. Mm. What, <clears throat> ma- what made you consider that as part of this? Um, well, I... Uh, currently currently do pretty well um um looking at what dave says how you configure your net worth i'm uh pretty much almost there at a a, a millionaire um and my girlfriend um she i think she's just a little concerned when we get married uh that she doesn't want to feel like she's mooching off me so i'm going to be bringing a little bit more to the table financially like when we purchase a house together and, um, <clears throat> so, so, just, so, uh, so just, uh, let me ask you a question. Uh, yeah. did she bring up the idea of the prenup or she was sharing maybe some of her insecurities because she's not bringing much income to the marriage. And then you thought, well, maybe if I do a prenup, she'll feel better. I, I want to know more about whose, uh, whose idea was behind this question. Um, I think it was kind of us both. Um, when I found Dave's thing, I had a little bit of debt and I got it paid off, but I'm kind of in a weird spot because I was already in baby step seven. 
and I had my, my house is paid for what I have in retirements is, is almost close to a million. Plus I got about $80,000 in the bank. And after I paid off my debt, which was about 10,000, um, you know, I make about 120 a year and she makes pretty good income because she's a nurse. What does she make? Um, uh, I think right now she's almost close to a, a hundred. How much do you worry about her marrying you and then divorcing you to take half of your income? Um, well, I know most of my money is more or less in real estate. Um, so my daddy left me a house when he passed. So, um, I make a pretty good living. I, I'm got about, no, no. I asked you, I asked you, how much do you think about or worry about this woman? Who's your current girlfriend who you're thinking about popping the question to, how much do you worry about her marrying you to then take half of your assets? I really don't think about it a lot. Um, I guess there's just that always what if factor. Um, we've only been dating about six months, but yeah. known each other for about 10 years. So, well, do you, do you find um, her to be a trustworthy person? You've known her for 10 I, years. I do. So um, she's, she's known you before you had any money really. Yeah. And, and she was previously married before for a few years. And when they got divorced, um, she, you know, she didn't, she didn't take anything as from weird him. as it sounds i think the fact that she brought up a prenup because she's insecure about how much money you have versus what she's bringing to the marriage georgia doesn't feel like a person who's going to try to take you uh i just don't think you need one in this situation no we usually say if you have substantial assets and we're talking you have a giant you make a million dollars or you have two million dollars worth of assets or more and all of a sudden she shows up in the picture and i'm not seeing that with this i mean you guys have about the same income uh yes you do you are further ahead financially but i don't see this as a scenario where i'm worried about this so i would continue on without one and um I think you're going to be just fine. I, she doesn't seem, and you said in this previous marriage when she was divorced, there wasn't this angle of I'm going to try to get as much as I can out of this. No, sir. No, she doesn't get any child support or any other financial help from her ex-husband, especially because they have two kids together. You, you've known her for 10 years. You can't hide crazy for a decade. No, no, sir. I don't, I don't believe she's crazy. I just think, I, I guess I'm just trying to do the right thing to make sure she's comfortable. Well, make and her comfortable another way. I, I think this is a this is a cry for validation. That's what I think, and I think you got to validate. And there could be some baggage from a previous divorce. That's right. That she's carrying through this, and so I, what I would say is you don't need a prenup, but I would pause and take this slow. And yeah. you know, you've been officially together now for six months, so do take some right steps. Go through Financial Peace University. Do some premarital counseling. Have some hard conversations so that you're both confident yeah. going into this. And, and, and whether or not you can get her to reveal it to you or not, but even through a professional counselor, George is right, what is at the root? The question that you need to help her answer is what is at the root of this insecurity, this financial insecurity in comparing our incomes or our savings? There's a root. There's something deeper. It's manifesting itself in this conversation this way, but it's a much deeper issue. Get to the source of that. Get some healing around that source, and I think everything's going to be awesome. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Jason joins us up next in D.C. Jason, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. How are you? How are you? We are doing great. How can we help today? Uh, well, basically, I need some, I guess some guidance and some 
and be assured that everything will be okay. Uh, I'm, I'm about 60000 in debt. Uh, I'm married. I'm, uh, I have a wife and soon to be two kids. Our next, next one's due this weekend. Congrats. And, uh, no, thanks. And basically, we're living paycheck to paycheck. I'm the only one working because my wife basically stays home with the kids because it kind of be cheaper that way. Mm-hmm. And But um, I'm not sure how to, to, to navigate this. No. How much money, Jason? Let's simplify this because you sound really scared, my man. Yeah. And yeah. I want you to know, first of all, everything's going to be all right. That's what I first want you to hear. So I literally want you to take a deep breath right now. All right. <laughs> Thanks. I, I mean, literally, you're going to be okay. Now, how much money, let's simplify this, how much money, let's give me a real number, would make a difference between you being paycheck to paycheck and would give you a sense of, okay, I can dig out of the 60, but I'm not going to be stressed out of my mind in digging out. What would be a number if we could give more income right now that would make a, a real difference? How much more money? Uh, Probably double what I'm making now. Give me a number. I, I need a about, number. About 100,000. You're making 100,000 and you you need 100,000 oh, no. more? You make 50? Oh, no. I'm, oh, I'm mixed. I make a thousand a week before taxes. Okay. Okay. That's what I'm looking at. All right. So what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to simplify this because it's really scary right now, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So here's the deal. You're making a thousand a week. Is that gross or net? Uh, That's that's gross. That's your gross. Okay. So here's my point. If you brought in an additional fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars, that would make an enormous difference every month, wouldn't it? Yes. My friend. Right now in this economy, and you're in in the D.C. area, there are so many part-time jobs that you can do. You're going to be tired, but at least mom is going to be home with the babies. But right now, you could get easily 20 hours a week and making $20 an hour. And you just start running the numbers on that. But right now, the quickest way for you to get some relief is more income while you're working the baby steps. The baby steps are going to work, but what you need for relief is more money coming in. So if, if that's Walmart, Target, your stock and shelves, whatever, you go find you a good 20-hour, 25-hour-a-week part-time job paying you $18, $20, $22 an hour, and those are there. I talk about it every day on the Ken Coleman Show, and that's going to make the difference. You feel me? Yeah, I hear you. Can you do it? Yeah, I can do it now. Uh, you better do it. I, <laughs> well, I do. Uh, I, I drive for like food delivery services. I have to work sometimes. That's so not I'm, enough I'm, money. It's not enough money. I know. My yeah. friend, go get you a job where you don't have to drive all over the place and put wear and tear on your car. Go get you a $20 an hour job at one of those big retailers or whatever, doing anything you can. Listen, more income is the play right now, and it's out there. The best job economy we've ever seen. The August jobs report just showed it. Go get some more money by working longer hours. Jason, hang on the the line. I'm going to gift you Financial Peace University. Watch Lessons 1 and 2. It's going to help you get a kickstart on budgeting and getting out of this mess, man. We're hoping for you. This is The Ramsey Show. I'm George Campbell, joined today by Ken Coleman. This is The Ramsey Show. 
If you've been watching the news or been on the car lot lately, you know that car prices have been insane. And with that comes some insane decisions. And then with that becomes a new average monthly car payment of $733, according to Kelly Blue Book. Wow. Ken, that is insane. Wow. That's the average? That's the average. Wow. And interest rates, of course, Mm. rising, so the average... You know, car loan my interest rate tight, George. My starts chest at four percent. So my chest so, is tightening. It's too much. Because wow. cars are getting more expensive, of course, the car payment goes up because that car that you would used to pay thirty five for is now forty five or fifty. Mm-hmm. And so here's a another. I don't want to give you a heart attack on air can, but the average price paid for a new vehicle uh, is up to a new record of forty eight thousand dollars. Wow, that is nuts. And so we like to react to some videos here. And so the producer sent us this one uh, that makes this number look low. You ready? I'm going to about to take your breath away. Ken. Is that right? Yeah, you ready okay, for I this? Better. I better. Ken has breathing not seen this video. Folks. I've not seen this. This is not method acting. Okay. This is true. We're going to get Ken's true reaction. Roll that beautiful bean footage. Sir, what is your car payment? Uh, mine is thirteen twenty-five. And what kind of vehicle is that? It's a twenty-two Ford Raptor. Okay. You have another payment? I do actually. My wife's hers is a thousand. It's a twenty-two Ford Expedition. Perfect. Hey, ma'am. What is your car payment? Thirteen eighty-six. And what kind of car requires a thirteen hundred and eighty-six dollar payment? A twenty twenty-two Grand Wagoneer Series Three. Hey, sir, what is your car payment? I got a couple of them, but the first one's $1,445. What kind of car is that? That's a new GMC Sierra 2500 Denali. What's the other one? Uh, it's a wide-body CTSV. That's 1161 I don't even know what that is. Wide-body something. Oh, okay. Wow. Ken. So here's what we just witnessed. For those of you listening on radio, those people work at a car dealership. Yeah. And, and that's and- the real numbers. Okay, I was going to ask you where they're from because they did you see the gal that struck out to me, stuck out to me when she said he said uh, it was the setup and she literally went <laughs> like it, like just laughed it off like it's uh you know like Uncle Larry and his gout and we hear about every Thanksgiving you know it's like well here here it comes I got to go to Thanksgiving at the Coleman's yeah well I don't actually have an Uncle Larry and and gout's nothing to joke about but <laughs> <It's> uh, true. <laughs> But but that she was just so like well this is what it is right I mean it's like they're so cavalier about it. oh yeah here it comes like she knew the video was coming she's like all right here's your thirteen hundred eighty six dollar car I got to tell you I have heartburn and I haven't had anything to eat today I need a tums right now there's some in the in the studio bathroom right there. okay I'll get, get those some. during the so break. let's recap what just happened these are folks that work at a car dealership revealing how much their car payment is and of course if you work at a car dealership you get the latest and greatest. And so yeah, all a, of those were brand new the cars. Twenty two Raptor, thirteen twenty five a month. We got the GMC, the Denali's fourteen forty five, and it hurt my brain, Ken. It hurt my heart more than my brain. Yeah, one that first couple when he talked about his wife's car with his twenty three hundred dollars a month in car payments, and this is and what's crazy about this is that nobody thinks about this this payment as going towards a v- asset that is devaluing. That's right. Every mile you drive it, it's losing value. It's not like a house. 
Well, and we we've got stats on this, Ken. We know that the average car depreciates at an insane rate. That's I mean, we're what talking I know. 40, 50, 60% depreciation after 5 years. Oh boy. So let's walk through depreciation and then I'll do some other math that will make you never want a car payment again. So the minute you drive the car off the lot, already 9 to 11% depreciation. Gone. So let's say you get a car for 35 grand, 1 minute later it's worth 31.5. Dude, I would literally be the guy with that in my back of my head, I would be exiting the car dealer parking lot and I would just be like stuck. I, I, I couldn't press the gas anymore. They're like, sir, we need you to leave the lot. I'm like, it's going to drop. 9-11%. Imagine just having four grand in your pocket and throwing it out the window when you leave the car lot. <laughs> and that's not even with your interest rate. So you are paying interest oh, yeah. on a depreciating asset. So one year later, the 35 grand car, now worth 28. Ooh. Two years, 24. Three years, 21. Four years, 18. Five years later, the 35 grand car is worth $15,000. On average. So I did some math, Ken, as you know I like to do. And if you invest that payment, let's say you got a reasonable car that was maybe $10,000 instead of $48,000, and you instead invested that Mm $1,400. With compound growth, let's say at a 10% rate of return over 20 years, that $1,400, that's monthly, so we're talking 16, 8 a year, that turns into almost a million dollars. How do you like the car, friends? That's your that car after twenty years ain't worth nothing. You could have had a million bucks. Now, if it was thirty years, you would have had two point seven million dollars. Does that not make you go? Maybe this is a bad financial decision. Yeah. yeah. Okay, but that makes too much sense, George. You're right. I'm sorry, Ken. Uh, I got my buddy's got the Denali, and so I got to get the Dooley to impress him. This is the deal. So we think that we deserve. To drive a nice car. That's the first problem. This is this is inherently human stuff. I'm serious about Agreed. this. Like, you can't make sense with numbers because that that doesn't that doesn't uh, help us with our humanness. Because our humanness goes, well, look, I gotta have a car, and if I have to, gotta have a car, gotta it's have gotta a nice be car, safe and reliable. And everybody's got a new car, and if I get the new car, it's got a warranty on it, so I'll take it down to the old GMC and get it fixed. It's all of this reasoning, and we kind of talk ourselves into this narrative that goes. Yeah, I don't want to hear that. I, okay, that's great, George, but I gotta have a car, and this is a, and this is really the problem. That's the root of it, and a lot of it is comparisons. If we're going to be honest, and you want to have a facade that you're successful, I've never and you're doing owned well. a new car. Same, never done it. Um, and you know, I like old cars. You're an old soul. But but let me give you another little thing here. All right, so I I've driven older cars, you know, just like just late, you know, just normal stuff. But then I recently had the opportunity to get a uh, a uh, Volkswagen convertible Carmen Ghia that is worth about twenty four grand, easy twenty four grand. That's big time. It's forty eight years old. No, it's fifty some years old. Right. That's older than you. It is just barely. Thank you, George. What are you saying? I'm an antique. You could be if yeah, you were a car. Get my point is like if you're gonna if you like if you're gonna buy something and you want a car, then get something classic that actually has some value. But all these new fancy cars aren't worth crap. It's they like just buying an iPhone. They're, Two years later, you want to trade it and get a new gone. one. And a lot of this, Ken, I'm gonna throw the guys under the bus here because Uh-oh. men are susceptible to this. Uh, the trucks. Truck guys are a certain breed, and you know Dave Ramsey's a truck guy himself, and of yeah, course he has a he's rapper. paying cash. Yeah. He's not making payments. He's not no. paying interest. No. But there's something about truck guys and wanting to impress the other truck guys. Yeah, my truck's bigger than your truck. There it is. And Dave always uses the joke, if your truck payment is bigger than your mortgage payment, you might be a redneck. 
Oh, listen, I was listening to that uh, comedy roundup channel on Sirius XM because uh, our show is on Sirius XM. And uh, I, <laughs> it was Jeff Foxworthy, and he said, uh, if, <laughs> if you... Uh, are making out in the back of a truck that is being towed to the repo, you might be a redneck. That's brilliant. <laughs> you know, and that is their problem. That's quite the visual. Yeah, I know. Well, I and cleaned it, it up a little bit. It's just one of the things causing America to be broke. Because you add that with the student loan crisis and living off of credit cards because you need the rewards and the airline miles. That's right. Then you tack on the giant mortgage payment Yeah. because you wanted to get into a home because you were throwing money away on rent. Yeah. Now we're talking thousands and thousands of dollars going yeah. to lenders yeah. so they can have big buildings downtown while you remain broke forever. So I want to set some people free, George. Please. Nobody cares how big your truck is. Nobody cares. Say it louder how, for the guys in the back. Nobody cares how big your truck is. Nobody cares how nice your truck is. Nobody cares how nice your car is. Nobody cares how old your car is. Nobody cares if your car backfires when it pulls into the parking lot. Like at the end of the day, everybody else has got their own you-know-what going on in their life, and they're trying to deal with it. They don't care. So why do you care what they might think? I got news for you. They don't care. Pastor Ken just dropped a sermon right there, folks. And if you're embarrassed by your car, guess what? There's always spaces in the back. So here's the deal. Not caring what other people think is a superpower. And when you gain that, you can gain financial freedom. That's what we're here for. And That's what riches. We're all about. Boom. This is The Ramsey Show. This is The Ramsey Show. I'm George Campbell, joined by Ken Coleman. We're taking your calls, 888-825-5225. Right now, folks, you're hearing a lot of talking heads in the news stirring up fear about the real estate market. And here's the deal. If you believe them, you think the housing market's going to crash, it's going to be a repeat of the 2008 housing crisis, but you're not hearing the truth. And you can't make decisions based on fear. You need the facts, and here they are. In 2008, there was a huge supply of homes, but not enough buyer demand, so home prices dropped. That's not what's happening in today's market. Right now, there are half as many homes for sale and twice as many buyers. That means home prices aren't going down anytime soon. They're growing at a slower rate. We're seeing these overinflated asking prices come back down to reality. So if you're ready to buy or sell a home, you don't need to wait any longer. You can still win in this market, but you've got to work with a pro, an experienced real estate agent. And we've done the hard work for you vetting agents who know your local market and have the transactions to back it up. So if you want to connect with a Ramsey trusted agent for free, go to RamseySolutions.com slash agent and check out our endorsed local providers program. Again, that's RamseySolutions.com slash agent. Well, Kent, I see that the team has got you some Tums. Literally. Well, uh, our last segment, you were breaking down the fact that the average car payment now in America has grown to $733 a month, and then you showed me a clip of people that have over 2000 a month in car payments, and so I made a joke about Tums, and then... There they are. Here they are, and so uh, that gave me goodness. a little bit of heartburn. I'm going to try a couple here. You know, these are different colors. Ken might choke oh, on there air. we go. We're going to witness this. Oh, well, we got it. Which one do you think? I'm going to do two. I think the orange is the best. Orange? And the then, green uh, one's gross to me. We can all agree on that, right? Yeah. Oh, they're very fruity. So I gave Ken heartburn talking about These are the not insanity. your granddaddy's tums. Please keep chewing into the mic, Ken. 
let's just run this thing into the ground and have James take us James take us off the air. We love it. We're here for it. These are the tropical flavors. Oh, good. Assorted fruit, it says. I'm glad that the no. team sprung for the tropical flavors. I feel much better, but I'm going to tell you something. You ought to be grabbing for the Tums, too, if you have over $1,000 a month. $730 a month in car payment. With that kind of heartburn, you're going to need a, a stronger antacid than that. I'm going to need a swig of water. Woo! Well, let's go to the phones. It's a free call, 888-825-5225. Caleb joins us in Cincinnati. Caleb, welcome to the Ramsey Show. God bless you, gentlemen. How y'all doing? Good. What's your car payment? Five hundred and fifty. There we go. All right. You're below average. What are we celebrating this now? I'm so confused. (laughs) How can we help today? Well, my main question: I owe nineteen thousand left on my car. It's my one transportation to work. Um, Do I just take this punch and just get it paid off and never make this mistake again? Should I? look to refinance should i look to get get it off my hands how much is it worth um they say at the auction it's a lot less it's it's a 2019 toyota corolla how many miles um eighty thousand. what's the kelly blue book on that Uh, i honestly don't know you need to know there's some homework you got to do and check for private sale we're not going to take this thing to auction if you want to get the best bang for your buck this it's going to be through a private sale you can also okay. check sites like Carvana and Vroom and those kinds of uh, online what was the year? sites. 2019. 2019 Toyota Corolla, 80,000 miles. Ken is doing his due diligence here, doing the research for you to be a good guy. Well, I mean, this takes just moments. While you know, he does that. Idea. Help him out, George. I'll Caleb, do some research. what's your income? Uh, 32 a month. 32 a month. Is that take-home or is that gross? Um, that is take-home. Okay. I mean, it's a lot of car for your income. Uh, it's not outside the bounds. We say that, you know, we don't want more than 50% of your income tied up in things with motors. In it. I've got an update, George. All right, give us the All update, right. Ken. Uh, this is Carvana, a national uh, brand, and they've got a, uh, a used uh, Toyota, 2019 Toyota Corolla, 79,000 miles. That's right about where you were at, 21.5. So right. I just, so now that's not, what they're selling it for. They that's what make they're a selling it for. But again, if you sell this privately, and you come in a little bit under what the car dealers are asking for, you can move this thing and not have to go to auction. That's all I wanted to tell you. It's, it's an option as George walks you through. Do you have any money saved? How much do you have in cash? I don't. Zero? I don't have anything saved, yeah. Okay. How quickly could you save up a few thousand dollars? Um, you're gonna you're getting side jobs. We're selling other stuff. How quickly could you save up five grand? If, if I go back to my second job, um, I can make it in a month. Mm-hmm. Okay. I How like quickly that. could you pay off the car, the 19K, if you really uh, hustled? Realistically, if I really, really pushed, uh, a year. How much other debt do you have? I have, I it's like 30000 total. Um, seven of it is tied up in student loans. Um, I, I don't know what I'm going to do with that. Um, and then the other stuff is like medical. Me and my wife got married, so my my silly young butt put rings on there. Like I got two thousand dollars with the rings. Mm. The silly stuff. Is your wife working outside the home? No, we have a nine month old daughter. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Well, this one's gonna be on you. We're gonna get back to that second job. We're gonna get the income up. I'm okay with you keeping it, but I want you to have a very aggressive goal of how quickly we're paying it off. What's her car okay. worth? Does she have one? She does not. Okay. Then that means we're, we're within the parameters plan. here. My plan was to 
to stay with this one and pay it off and save on the side and get her something, you know, that is safe or whatever, even if I had to get a little Honda Civic that I can take to work and let her and the baby use this car. I want to get a second vehicle, but I just, every time I hear 19,000 and I mean, have you, Caleb, uh, have you done the research on what you can get for $5,000? Um, I have, um, as far as like, um, let, uh, what is it? Let go or whatever, you know, the Facebook marketplace, like the private little sales like that. But, yeah. uh, um, is I, that, is that what you would suggest? I am suggesting you research it. I, I don't disagree with George. I think that you can go work your tail off and make some really good money and begin to pay all of the debt down using our debt snowball. I mean, you know, the 19,000, I think is your largest debt. Uh, but as it relates to, Five hundred and fifty dollars a month, I believe you said. If that were to come off of your budget, you would feel in a, a year lot you'd have what, close to seven grand. Yeah, so I look at things like that and I go, okay, if I can quickly come up with five grand, and then I can sell this car and I can go get a decent car. I mean, it's an older; it's going to have higher miles, but I can get a car that's going to get me from point A to point B, and it, and it knocks out a huge chunk of debt. Man, I do I have some wind in my sails. I'm always for fast forwarding the relief and the peace, especially and when you got a newborn. Yeah, you got a ne- you need a second car pretty soon. The so. newborn doesn't care how nice the car is. All right, he, you know, and and quite frankly, it doesn't have to be fancy. It just needs to be dependable. And if it does need mechanical work, something that doesn't cost you a ton, it's it's out there. So I that's what I would be doing because. I could feel the pressure on you right now, and I think if you were to relieve five hundred fifty dollars a month, it would be massively huge for you. What? So, Caleb, how much does the second job make? If you went back to it, uh, fourteen an hour. It's part time, three days a week, so I make like two fifty uh, every week. Okay, so we're what talking a thousand a month. What's that job? Fast food. Yeah, bro. I started the fast food when I was a kid, so that's just something safe and easy to go back to. I look into retail right now, too. I would, too. I would, too. Uh, even if you got to schlup some tables. I'm telling you, man, the opportunity for you to make 20 bucks an hour or more right now is right in front of you. Okay, well, I make 20 an hour at my first job. Should I look to make more? Yeah. Increasing income and selling stuff will fast forward this really quickly. What's that job, the 20 bucks an hour? I'm a welder. Oh, cool. Yeah, I mean, well, I'd look I mean, for, I know, I know we're big, and I know like that there is a very high ceiling for welding. But I'm fresh out of school, and I'm I'm trying to get that six months on my resume. I love that. like that. So I'm trying to be patient, trying to let God do His thing. Good but, man, Caleb. Yeah, listen, I, if I'm you, I'm talking to everybody I know in the welding industry, and I'm looking for side jobs because I think you getting side jobs as a welder, even though you're young and inexperienced, is going to pay you better than the fourteen dollar an hour fast food thing and more experience. I'm here for it. We're, we're pushing for you, man. You got this. And uh, the way you've been talking, I think we're getting rid of this car. We're saving up buying a cheap beater right now. And uh, that'll get you debt-free a whole lot faster and get you to financial peace. That is the goal. Thanks for the call. That puts this hour of The Ramsey Show in the books. My thanks to my co-host, Ken Coleman, all the folks in the booth, Austin, Ben, James, Zach, and Andrew, and you, America. We appreciate you listening in. We'll be back with you before you know it. Do you love a good Dave rant? 
Want to see the latest Ramsey Show videos going viral? Check out your favorite moments from The Ramsey Show on YouTube. Go watch and subscribe to The Ramsey Show channel on YouTube.